Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. In Jesus' name. Mm, Man, God is so good. 1 Kings chapter 19, and I'm mindful of the clock this morning. I'll try to get you out before 2. Praise the Lord. I'm not even going to say I'm joking. Because I don't want to lie. 1 Kings 19. And we'll start reading at verse 9. 1 Kings 19 and verse 9. Somebody asked me if I was going to preach a Christmas message. Okay. It's Christmas every Sunday. Amen. Every Sunday we're thankful for that baby that was born in a manger. Every Sunday we worship him. Man, we give gifts of praise to him. Amen. I I feel the leading of the Holy Ghost in here today. And it might not be a typical Christmas message, but any message that's about Jesus. Come on. First Kings 19 and verse 9. And he came thither unto a cave. Somebody say a cave. And lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great wind, a great and strong wind, rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what doest thou here, Elijah? Amen. I want to, I want to preach to you this morning on this subject for just a few moments, praying your way out of dark places. Amen. I wonder if we could lay our Bibles down this morning and just lift your hands to the Lord one more time in reverence to God and his word this morning. Come on, why don't you just begin to ask him to speak to you today. Lord, I need your voice. Lord, I need to hear your voice today. Come on, tell him. God, I need you to speak to me today. Minister to my situation today. God, my heart is open, Lord. God, I'm ready to receive, Lord, what you have to say. Come on, pray for me right now. God, help the preacher this morning. Let there be an anointing, Lord, I pray, upon your people, Lord, to hear your word and upon me to speak your word. And God will give you all of the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord.
Praise the Lord. Elijah was a prophet of the Lord. Uh, Elijah in this day was one of the only voices heard of the king of Israel, king of Judah. Ahab uh, was the king. The Bible says that that uh, Elijah called together all of the people and he said, why halt ye between two opinions? Okay, why, why, why are you stuck between me and the other gods of this world? Why halt ye between two opinions? If Baal be God, then serve him. And if Jehovah be God, then serve him. Amen. And he gave the, the prophets of Baal an opportunity to, to call upon their God. He, and he said, the God that answers by fire, that will be the God that we will serve. Amen. And so they called upon the God, their God, the, 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 the God Baal, and they, and they worshiped him. And they, they danced around and they called upon him and they cut themselves and hurt themselves to try to get their God to respond. But their God did not respond. Somebody say amen. And so Elijah began to poke them and say, why don't you just call a little louder? Maybe he's, he's, he can't hear you, or maybe he's sleeping or taking a rest, or maybe he's on a far journey somewhere. Amen. Why don't you, why don't you do a little more? Why don't you go a little further? Amen. To get your God's attention. And the Bible says that he let them, he, he, he let them do their thing for most of the day. And then the time came for the evening sacrifice. And so he said, okay, sit down, it's my turn. And he went and he rebuilt the altar before the Lord. The Bible says that he put stones around the altar, built the altar, and he, he, he poured 12 buckets of water, barrels of water on the altar. Amen. Put the sacrifice on the altar, poured 12 barrels of water upon the altar because they were in the middle of a drought. And the Bible says that he began to pray unto God. Amen. He began to pray unto the Lord and say, God, the God of heaven and earth, I know that you hear my prayer. Amen. And But for their sake, that you would know that I am a prophet of the Lord, I pray that you would answer by fire. And the Bible says that the fire came forth out of heaven, consumed the sacrifice, consumed the whole altar, licked up all of the water. Come on, somebody. Amen. And the Bible says in that day, he, 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 all the people of Israel turned back to the Lord and the altar that Elijah had built. And they took the prophets of Baal and they killed them all. Amen. They destroyed anything that was contrary to God's word. Come on. There has to be a time in our life where we realize the influences in our life are valuable. Come on. If they're influencing us away from God's word, it needs to be killed. Come on. If they're influencing us away from a sanctified life, where a life that's put on the altar before God and a life that says, not my will, but thine be done, they need, needs to be destroyed in our world. Amen. It is hard enough to live for God without worldly influences trying to pull us away from the altar. Amen. I don't know about anybody else, but there's nothing pulling me away from the altar that I built before the Lord. My life is his and I am hid with Christ in God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Somebody say influence. Let me ask you this morning, what is influencing you? Who is influencing you? What is the main verse, the voice in your life that you're listening to? Amen. What, what is the main voice of wisdom, of instruction that you're listening to on how to live your life? Ultimately, we will do what we truly believe. Amen. Uh, we will do the voice that we trust in. Amen. We will follow the voice that we trust in. Somebody say amen. Amen. The influence in our lives are very, very important. And we may, we may think that, well, I, I'm strong enough that I can be friends with them and, and I can stay with God. Amen. But we need to be able to recognize when somebody's pulling us away from the altar. 
Come on, we need to be able to recognize when, when somebody's pulling me away from God. Amen. Well, whenever somebody's influencing me in a way that's destructive in, in behavior. Amen. I got to be able to recognize that immediately. Amen. And if you have any question about it, you just come and talk to me and I will help you to discern what's right and what's wrong and what's good and what's evil. And I will tell you, listen to that voice, but don't listen to that voice. Amen. Because I've learned the voices that we give heed to are very, very important to our future. Come on, show me your friends. And I'll show you your future. Somebody say amen. I know it's not popular, but we need to hear this. Amen. What is influencing us? What is the voice that we're hearing on a daily basis? Amen. What is that that we're drawing from? Man, where are we getting what we need? Where are we getting it from? Amen. What is influencing our decision making? Come on, like, like Brother Matt talked about, our life is made up of choices. Amen. Every day we have a choice of whether or not we're going to live our life according to the way God wants us to live or we're going to live our life the way that we want to live it. Amen. And really this morning, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to a personal choice. It comes down to a choice of whether or not I want to live for God or I don't want to live for God. Come on. Whether or not I want to be saved or I'm not concerned about my salvation. Come on. It really comes down to the fact of what I believe to be true. I don't know about anybody else in the building. I've made up my mind I'm going to be saved. My family's going to be saved. I'm going to live for God. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Somebody say amen. Sometimes our choices can put us in predicaments. Amen. They can put us in a set of circumstances that, that we didn't realize we were going to end up in. I don't care how long you've been in the church. I don't care how long you've served the Lord. Amen. Your choices are very, very important. Amen. We can't take one choice very lightly. Amen. We have to realize that we got to let God's will work in our lives on a daily basis. Come on, how many know Elijah? Elijah was a prophet of the Lord. He had a great victory on Mount Carmel that day. They killed all of the prophets of Baal. But not everybody was happy about the victory. Amen. Anytime that you're doing anything for God, there will always be an opponent or an adversary. Come on, there will always be a force of darkness at work. Amen. That wants to try to shut up your voice. That wants to try to stop your voice from speaking. Stop your influence of good. Come on, somebody. Stop the anointing upon your life from flowing to the people that need healing and redemption and restoration. Can somebody say amen? Jezebel began to utter her voice. She, began, she sent a message to Elijah and she said, Elijah, I'm going to kill you. You're, you're going to die. The same way that you killed the prophets of Baal, that's, that's what's going to happen to you. saw it and he fled he ran for his life amen he separated himself he isolated himself he went to a place where he could be alone come on somebody he got to a certain place by a brook and the bible says that he was resting under a juniper tree a juniper tree is not much shade look it up amen a juniper tree don't don't cast very much shelter amen but when you're alone in the wilderness sometimes you hide under what you can hide under come on how many know that he just got up under whatever he could to cover himself come on to try to get out of the elements so he could find some rest amen in the midst of his running from and getting alone by himself in isolation and his attempt to try to cover himself and protect himself. The Bible says that an angel showed up. An angel showed up and he looked and there's a fire and the angel made him a cake. Amen. He wakes up and he's in a, a, a tired stupor. He's like, whoa, an angel. Right? I heard Pastor Bounce say, if that was nowadays, he would have taken a selfie with him and said, touched by an angel. But he sees it. 
He eats the cake. Amen. The Bible says that he went forth from that place. Amen. He went further away from where he was supposed to be going. He went the wrong direction. Amen. He went to a mountain and he found a cave. Amen. And he crawled up in the cave because the cave was more covered than the juniper tree. Amen. How many know sometimes when the juniper tree don't work, we'll go to try to find another place to cover us, to hide ourselves. Because the best way we can find to protect ourselves is to hide ourselves. That's, that's our way of thinking. Man, if I can just hide myself, if I can hide from this, come on, if I can, if I can just get in a place by myself, if I can, if I can just find a place and hide from this, it's all just going to go away. Amen. It's all going to go away. But I want to tell you this morning that if you hide yourself, it's not going to make the circumstances go away. Because the circumstances are not a result necessarily from the things that are happening around you. It's a result of what's happening on the inside. Amen. And you can go and you can find the darkest cave and isolate yourself away where nobody's going to be able to find you. But no matter how well you hide, you can never hide from yourself. Come on. You can't hide from the thoughts of your mind. You can't hide from what's going on in your spirit. You can't hide from your own perspective and the way that you're seeing the world around you. And no matter how far away from people you get, you're still in a place where your mind is dominating your perspective. Amen. And you want, whenever your mind and your heart dominate your perspective, you'll find a place of isolation. But I want to tell you this morning that isolation will not get you what you need. It'll, in fact, it will turn you into something that you don't want to be. Come on. It'll cause you to hide away in a dark place, never receiving what God has for your life. And I come this morning to try to preach you out of that place and try to let you know, yeah, I know there's hurt. I know there's vulnerability. I know that you've, you've hidden away from all the troubles of life, but there is a God in heaven that sees you where you're at, that knows what you're going through, and is here to help you. He's here to help you this morning. He's here to minister to your life. Somebody say, man, why don't you lift your hands to the Lord right now and say, God, my heart is open. Speak to me, Lord. My heart is open. Speak to me, God. Man, he finds himself in a place of isolation. Somebody say isolation. If you, don't, if you know anything about caves, have you ever been in a cave? Okay, a cave is, is a hole in the rock where um, there's no light that can get in. It's, it's typically, it's one way in, and it's, it's not a real, some, there are deep caves, but most caves are just small openings in the rock where you can get up under the rock inside the rock, and it's dark in there. There's no, there's no outside light that can get through. Amen. And there's one way in and there's one way out. There are some caves that go all the way through the rock, but most caves are one way in and one way out. And this cave was that. It was one way in and it was one way out. Somebody say one way in and one way out. He's in a, he's in a, he's in a very, very dark place. Okay. He's, he's low, as low as he can be. Right? He's hiding himself. Nobody's going to find me here. Amen. Has anybody ever hidden away? Hidden away in a dark place? Amen. And no matter what you do, it's impossible to break your way of thinking. Amen. When you're in a place by yourself... He's there with, without anybody else, so there's no other perspective available. He's by himself. His own way of thinking has him trapped. Okay, he's trapped in that place, and until he learns to think differently about his situation, he will never want to leave the cave. Somebody say amen. He has made up his mind, I, I'm going to stay here because this is the only place that I'm safe. 
This is the only place that, that I'm safe, that I feel safe, is by myself. Because I've been, uh, there's so many things that have been said. There's so many things that have been done. Uh, there's so many circumstances around my life uh, that are causing me trouble and fear. This is the only place that I'm safe. Amen. I want to tell you this morning, uh, a place of isolation is a very dangerous place. Amen. And, uh, and you're not safe in a place of isolation. The Bible tells us that in a multitude of counselors, uh, there's safety. Amen. In a multitude of godly counselors of godly wisdom, their safety. Amen. You don't need to shut yourself off because you've been hurt. You don't need to hide away in a dark place because you don't understand your circumstances. You need to begin to pull on the ministers of the Lord. Come on. You need to be able to pull on the voices of God in your life, voices of wisdom and voices of truth. Somebody say amen. But here's Elijah by himself. And the Lord asks him a question. What are you doing here? Right? Um, when God asks you a question, he's, he's not looking for the answer. Man, he knows the answer already. He wants, to, he wants you to know what's in your heart. Man, he wants you to search for the answer. Right? What are you doing here? Elijah, what are you doing here? Anytime somebody asks you, you show up somewhere and they're like, what are you doing here? You're like, I'm not supposed to be here. Right? What are you doing here? Meaning, you shouldn't be here. Well, and he starts trying to come up with an excuse of why he is where he's at. Come on. Well, there's nobody else. Uh, I'm the only prophet. Amen. I'm the only one that's serving you. The children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. Well, hold on a minute here. They just had revival on Mount Carmel. Right? They just killed the prophets of Baal. Amen. There was just a, a, a conversion service that happened where hearts were turned back to the Lord, back to the altar of sacrifice unto God. Amen. Where they're turning back with their whole hearts unto the Lord. And now you're saying that there's nobody. Amen. That's a skewed perspective. Amen. Because when we fall into a dark place in our minds, we think that we're the only one that's trying to do right, or we're the only one that's experiencing this, or we're the only one that's struggling or fighting. Amen. Whenever you're in a place of isolation, you, you, you think that you're the only one that's ever gone through what you're going through. Amen. Uh, uh, when you begin to understand, I'm not the first one to struggle. Then you, you're, you're able to get help. When you can, when you can admit, I'm not the first one to ever go through this. I'm not the first one to ever be depressed. Come on. I'm not the first one to ever be addicted. I'm not the first one to ever fail. I'm not the first one to ever uh, commit sin. Come on. I'm not the first one to ever do what has happened. I'm not the first one to ever be threatened by the devil. Come on, somebody. We can't allow the circumstances around us to pin us down. Come on, pin us down in our minds to think that there is no help or no way out or uh, I can't trust anybody else. I want to tell you this morning, there are good people with good intentions that are being led by the Lord that are warring for you. God told Elijah, I have 7,000 prophets that have not bowed their knee to Baal. Come on, I have people that are ministered, that are hearts are right, that are sincere before me. What are you doing here? Ask him again. Because our excuse is never enough. Amen. It's not God's will for your life for you to hide away in dark places. It's not your, God's will for your life to medicate yourself into a stupor where you never have to deal with trouble or never have to deal with circumstance or never have to deal with things head on. But he wants to empower you and strengthen you to stand against every force that's trying to push you down and keep you out of the kingdom of God. Come on, and he is greater. Come on, his name is greater. He's more powerful. Does anybody believe that this morning? That the will of God for your life is greater. Amen. Amen. He asked him again, what are you doing here? 
Elijah began to pray. He called him to a place in the mountain to pray. Amen. He called him to a place, somebody say, of prayer. What is prayer? is prayer? Let me, let me ask you a question. Do you pray? Do you, do you spend time with God daily? What, what is prayer to you? Prayer to some people is just reciting something that somebody else said what somebody else wrote. Man, they, they don't have confidence in their own prayer, so they pray somebody else's prayer. Amen. How, how many know that we need to avoid vain repetition? The Bible says. Avoid it. There don't need to be a, a, rep, a vain repetition in your prayer. First of all, prayer needs to be from the heart. from the heart. Somebody say, from the heart. When you begin to converse with somebody, have a conversation, communicate. Prayer is communication. It's communication with God. Communication is, is talking, conversing between two parties where one party voices their concerns and what they want to say and the other party listens while they voice it and then they be quiet party voices their thoughts and their feelings about the things. Communication is vital to any type of relationship. It's vital to, to marriages. It's vital to your relationship with your friends and your family and the people around you. If you never talk to them, you don't know them. Come on. When you begin to have a conversation with somebody, you don't have to talk very long before you, you find out what's ailing them. It's in, your, it's in their heart. Amen. God doesn't expect you to be anything than you are. Come on. He expects you to be real with him. Amen. We, when, we, when we come to church, sometimes we put on a, a strong face and we, we, we put on a strong life and we think that we have to be like everybody else. And so we walk around in our, in our fake facade life, in our tower where... Uh, nothing can reach us and nothing's hurting us and we're just living the best life that we could ever live. There's never any struggle. There's never any trouble. We're scared to admit that we're struggling or going through trouble because everybody else seems to be so strong. Amen. But we have to realize that God knows the condition of our heart. He knows, knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. Come on. He knows the, 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 the hurt that you're feeling on the inside. He knows the betrayal. Come on, somebody. He understands the, the vulnerability and the fear that you're living in. Amen. He understands the turmoil that's going on in your mind, pulling you from one place to the other. Come on. But communication is just coming before God and, and letting your heart out. What is troubling you? Come on. Well, what are you going through? What are you facing? What are you struggling with? Come on. Well, 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 where, what are your weaknesses? What are your faults? You don't have to pretend to be something that you're not before God. He, he knows what you need before you even ask. Come on. He's one step ahead of us. But he wants us to realize that the place that we're living in is not his will for our lives. But until we ask him, we're stuck where we're at. Come on, until we have a conversation with the Creator. Come on, until we allow His voice into our lives, we're stuck where we're at. I don't want to be stuck. Somebody say, I don't want to be stuck. He's stuck. Man, he's in a place, a dark place that he can't see his way out of. The Bible says that he goes to the mountain in the, and, he, and he gets in a place of prayer with the Lord. He's still in the cave. You know, you can pray when you're in the cave. Nobody else knows where you're at, but God knows where you're at. Nobody else knows what you're feeling, but God knows what you're feeling. Amen. You know, we can, we can be with, with our whole family during Christmas, and we can be sharing these moments that are very 
precious and vital to our lives, amen, and not really appreciate it because we're alone? Come on, because we feel like we're alone. We feel like nobody understands us. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows what's ailing me. Nobody knows the struggle that I'm facing. Why? Because you're hidden away somewhere where nobody else can get to you. And I want to tell you that if you're hiding from people, you're hiding from God. Come on, because people are not the enemy. Somebody say amen. We have to realize people are not the enemy. Somebody say that to yourself. People are not my enemy. That didn't go over very well. That went over like a lead balloon. That came from my dad anyway. Amen. How many know we don't need to be alone? Amen. We need to face it. It's time that we face it. It's time that we face it. How do we face it? How do we, how do we get out of that place? Amen. How, how, do, I, how do I get out of the, the funk that I'm in? How do I get out of that darkness that I'm in? How, how do I get out of that place that I'm in? Amen. There has to be communication with God. Because he's light. And in him is no darkness at all. Even, the Bible says, even the darkness is light to him. That means that even a dark place cannot see, keep him from seeing clearly. Come on, because he sees everything that's there, even in the darkness. If you're in a dark place with no light, amen, you have no way of seeing. Amen. You have no way of knowing. You have no way of understanding. Amen. But even in the darkest of hours, you can call upon the name of the Lord. You can call upon him in prayer. Come on. You can call upon him with your heart. Amen. You can lift your heart to him and you can begin to ask him all the questions that need to be answered in your life. You can begin to, to, to put on him all of the trouble, all of the struggle. Come on. All of the circumstances and situations that you're carrying around that you don't have the answers to. And I want to tell you this morning, he will take them and he won't judge you. Come on. And he won't call his neighbor and talk about you. Amen. Elijah goes to, to the mountain with the Lord and begins to pray. Somebody say pray. When, when the disciples came to Jesus, they said, teach us to pray. They saw him pray, and they felt the power in his prayer. And so they, they said, teach us to pray like you pray, because that's what we want, right? We, we, want, we want a template. We want, well, I want to learn to pray. Teach me to pray. And so Jesus began to give him words. He said, when you pray, pray this way, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Leave it, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven. Amen. We have to realize that there we have a Father. Somebody say amen. How many know he was the Father in creation? He's the Father of everything, all living creatures, all of creation. He spoke it into existence. Somebody say amen. He is the, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Come on. He is the Word from the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Amen. We have an audience with the Creator of all things. Come on. We have an audience with the King. We have an audience with the Father. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, He said, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Amen. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit.
fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it unto you. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives and everyone that seeks finds and everyone that knocks it will be opened unto him i want to tell you this morning the reason that you're not getting is because you're not asking come on the reason that we're not receiving what we need from god is because we're not communicating with the lord Man, there needs to be a daily communication with God. Come on, Elijah. What are you doing here? If you find yourself this morning in a place that you don't want to be in, and you know you're not supposed to be in, and it's a dark place, an isolated place, you need to begin to call on the name of the Lord this morning. You need to lift your voice unto God and say, Lord, I know I'm not in the place I should be in. I need your help. Help me to get out of this place. ask and you shall receive. If you ask the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ, he hears us. Come on, so somebody believe that he hears us. I don't care what, what situation you're in, the darkness that you find yourself in, the weight of the circumstances that you're under, it doesn't matter. God still hears us. He hears us when we cry. He hears us when we call on the name of the Lord. Somebody say amen. believe that this morning. He is our Father and He's in heaven. What is heaven? It's, it's, it's where God is. It's, it's the perfect place, right? It's, it's the way things are supposed to be. There is a kingdom that is not of this world. Come on. That is beyond this world. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Remember when he was talking to Pilate, are you a king? Thou sayest, but my kingdom is not of this world. Amen. My, if, if, if my kingdom was of this world, then my servants would fight to uphold my kingdom. Amen. How many know that God's kingdom is not political? It's not moved by the circumstances that are going on on the earth. Amen. God's kingdom is of a different place. It's of heaven. Amen. It's a perfect place. It's the place where the, where things are done the way they're supposed to be done. Come on. Amen. It is the kingdom of heaven. And how many know that God resides in heaven? I'm on earth. And he's in heaven. He's my father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. If he, if I'm on earth and he's in heaven, he's free from the things that I'm bound by. Come on, he's not of this world. Amen. His, he didn't get his foundation, his, his, his being from this world. He's not of this world. Amen. He wasn't, he, he was born into this world, but not of this world. How many know he got his, his residence from heaven? His, he was born of the seed of the word of God. Amen. He was born of the seed of the Holy Ghost in the womb of a virgin by the name of Mary. Amen. He was born with God's DNA. Come on, an heir to the throne of the kingdom of God. Amen. He is not of this world. Thy will be done. How many know, he, he said, pray, thy kingdom come. Say, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Okay. Too many times these are these are merely words. Amen. But we need to pray this with our heart. Because when we really want to get out of where we're at, there has to be an acknowledgement that I need your kingdom to come. Come on. I need your kingdom to come and I need your will to be done in earth as it is in heaven. Are you all with me this morning? Somebody say, I need the will of God. Elijah was in a place that was not the will of God. All right? He was in a dark place. 
He was in a place that he had put himself in. He had made the choice to go to the cave. He had made the choice to isolate himself. He had made the choice to live there and to stay there. And he started to pray. I say he started to pray. The Bible says that there was a great wind. Because this is this is what we want when we pray. There was a great wind. And it, it, it was so strong of a wind that it rent the mountain. The Bible says that God was not in the wind. There was an earthquake. God was not in the earth. It's strange, isn't it? And then there was a fire that broke out in the mountain. But God was not in the fire. Have you ever tried to manipulate an answer to your prayer? Pray to prayer something happened you're like that must be God speaking to me amen I, I was I was wondering of, about where I should live and I looked at the, opened my Bible looked at a verse it was verse 22 and that house is number 22 this this must be the will of God come on let me tell you that's not the voice of God you pray and there's a great wind and knocks a tree on the house while I'm supposed to move. I'm supposed to go to Alaska. We come up with some crazy things. Amen. We, we, we watch all the circumstances and, and we think that they are the answer to our prayer. Come on, somebody. They're the answer that's going to get me out of this mess. It's the great wind. It's the earthquake. It's, it's, it's the fire. But really, hear me this morning. Those things are sent to distract your attention. Come on, so that you'll start focusing on the wrong thing. Amen. You don't need some big, great answer to your prayer. Come on. You don't need a great wind to, to blow in a million dollars. Come on. You don't, you don't need a big earthquake to shake everything up so that you can hear the voice of God. That's not the way it works. In fact, when Elijah realized that those things were not the voice of God, come on, he, he silenced their voices in his world. I'm not going to let that influence me away from where I'm going. Amen. Because that makes me want to stay in the cave. Come on. He said, after the fire, a still small voice. A still small voice. You got this huge wind knocking stuff over, causing rocks to fall. You got an earthquake that's shaking the mountain. A fire that breaks out that's destroying everything. And then the Bible says, a still small voice. The wind couldn't blow him out. The earthquake couldn't shake him out. The fire couldn't burn him out. Come on, somebody. But the still small voice can convince him to come out. In order to hear the still small voice, you have to grow silent. Somebody say amen. The wind brought noise. The earthquake brought noise. The fire brought noise. But when all that was finished, all of a sudden he was still enough that he could hear the voice of God. You know, it doesn't matter really what's going on around you. You can hear the voice of God in any situation. Here's the problem. 
tell you what the problem is? We never really get alone enough with God when we can hear Him. Because God is not going to compete. He won't compete with the other voices in your life. Come on. If you're going to believe in the earthquake, that's the answer that you're going to get. If you're going to believe in that wind, Come on, that's the answer that you're going to get. If you're going to believe in the fire, that's your answer, and that's the answer that you're going to make decisions for. But until you set yourself apart and you get alone with God and you turn down all of the volumes of all the influences in your life and you get quiet before the Lord and you allow His voice to begin to speak to your heart. I want to tell you this morning, every person can hear the voice of God. Come on, every God wants to speak to every one of us. God wants to speak to your spirit. He wants to commune with you. He wants to, he wants to speak the words of life into your spirit this morning. He wants to utter his plan and his will for your life directly to you. Come on, too many times we want the voice of the preacher. We want somebody else to tell us what God's saying. But I ask you this morning, are you hearing the voice of God? Do you know the voice of God? Because that's the only only thing that's going to bring you out. Stand with me all around the building. When God speaks, it carries with it life. When God's word comes, has anybody ever had God speak directly to you, your spirit? It changes everything. It changes your perspective. It changes your desires. All of a sudden, you begin to see where you're at in a different light. You know, you can be going through a dark time be holding the hand of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Just because you're in a place you shouldn't necessarily be in this morning doesn't mean that you can't find God in it. And then I want to tell you, until you find God in it, it'll be impossible for you to get out. We try to make our way out. We just need to be stronger. I just need to man up. I just need to, to face it. Well, I want to tell you, our strength is not enough. Come on, somebody. Our way is not enough. Our word for our own life is not enough. God spoke to Elijah in that moment. I want you to hear me. In that moment, he heard the still, small voice of God. And he began to weep. wrapped his head in his mantle, which is a representation of the anointing, the position that God had placed him in. The Bible says that he made his way to the entering end of the cave. He went back to the place where he had made the decision to go in there. He stood at the entering end of the cave. The still small, small voice of God empowering him. Go forth. Anoint Elisha to be prophet in your stead. Anoint Jehu. God had a lot of work for him to do. He was too valuable to the kingdom of God to be stuck in a cave. time. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but I can hear the voice of the Spirit of God saying, it's time. It's time to go out 
to make the choice to go out where you came in. It's time to get quiet enough where you can hear that still small voice again. And you can hear those words of life begin to impress into your spirit. We as people, we want a great big show of the will of God to working and working in our lives. We want we do. We we want the earthquake and we want the wind and we want the fire. But really what we need is to have such a a relationship with God where we can be alone with Him. And we can be so quiet before the Lord that we can hear His direction. We can feel his guidance. Come on. We can receive the words of life until you learn the voice of God. You're going to be stuck. It's time. It's time. It's time to set yourself apart and get alone with God and say, Lord, I need your will for my life. I got all these people telling me the things that I should do. I got all these people telling me this and that, but I don't discount them, but I I, I need to hear your voice. I need your word on it. Somebody say, I need your word on it. We want to come to church. It feels good to, to be prophesied to have somebody point you out, preacher, prophesy to you. And now I believe in that. I believe in personal prophecy. I believe in the word of the Lord going forth from somebody operating in prophecy or under the, the position of prophet. But prophecy only confirms what God has already said. Prophecy confirms in your heart what God has already spoke to you individually. You're seeking God to hear the voice of God and the Spirit of God is speaking to you. And the same Spirit of God that's speaking to you is operating in that person or that prophetic voice. And when your prayer and what you're hearing in the Spirit of God comes together with them being obedient to the Spirit of God, all of a sudden there's a confirmation that what God is saying to me is true. Come on, somebody. There's something that happens when the voice of God begins to speak. Come on. There's faith that God puts there to to, to step out and to face things that you could never face before. There's a, a life and a vitality that comes to your spirit and a hope that you get from hearing the voice of God individually that you can't get from any other source. Amen. We can't confront the demons of our past without the word of God. Come on, we can't confront the circumstances around our lives without the voice of God. We can't stand and make the decisions that we need to make without the voice of God speaking to us. And so without it, it's just fruitless effort. And I feel like I'm doing a bunch of stuff that's not making any difference. We feel like that. That you're stuck in a place that no matter what I do, I feel like I'm not breaking out. I'm not breaking free. I'm not getting what I need. I go to church every Sunday, but it seems I can feel the presence of God, but I don't feel like I'm breaking out. I don't feel like the walls are coming down. I don't feel like that that I'm seeing any better than I did before. Let me tell you why. You got to communicate with God. Come on, there's got to, it's that simple. There has to be a personal communication with Lord. Amen. The Lord will begin to speak to you words of life. Amen. Give you the strength to face the things you need to face. To go to the decisions that you made to go in the cave so that you can overcome them and come out. When you begin to have communication with God, all of a sudden, the preacher will be preaching. And he'll start saying the exact things that 
Spirit of God was saying to you in your prayer closet, that's no accident. There's one Spirit. Come on. Amen. There's one will of God. And I'm going to tell you this morning, if you're sincere about getting direction for your life, if you want the will of God for your life, there has to be a commitment to communicate with the Lord. I know it seems it's simple, but it's so profound. Because everything that we'll ever be comes from that relationship with God. Somebody say amen. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. Right now, every person, God, I, I want to hear your voice. I've never heard your voice for myself. I hear the voice of the preacher. I believe in the voice of the preacher. I believe in the voice of counsel and the truth, Lord. God, but I want to hear your voice. God, I know you want to speak to me. Come on, you need to tell him. I know you want to speak to me. My heart is open, God. I pray that you would speak to me. Speak to my spirit, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, if you have a strong desire to hear the voice of the Lord this morning, why don't you get out of your seat? Why don't you come down to the front this morning? Lift your hands to God. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray together and then we're going to be dismissed. of God. I want to hear it afresh. I've heard it in the past, but I need a fresh word from the Lord today. Come on, move in here close.
destroying relationships in your world. Come on, you got to dump it out before God. Come on, what's really troubling you? Oh, let your heart pour out before Him. such a such a stillness it's in this moment right here right here can you feel that stillness on the inside if you can't feel it then you haven't you haven't emptied out your heart but if you can feel it, this is the place that God can impress on your spirit. He'll speak his word very gently, very quietly. The way it happens for me is it is a gentle impression, a gentle impression of a word or a concept or a principle, a scripture, sometimes a single word. Sometimes it's just a feeling feeling an embrace of hope, of joy, a reassurance of his love. Come on, it's in these moments that, that that's where we gain strength from. When we feel that touch of his presence, his spirit touching our hearts, we can get up from where we're at and we can go forth with the strength and the faith we need to get through another day. Amen. We need this every day of our lives. My sheep, they know my voice. 
they hear my voice. And a stranger they won't follow. God wants to speak to you on a daily basis. Why don't you lift your hands one more time? God, we love you today. Go ahead, just feel after him. I want to give you a few moments. God, I love you. I need you to speak to my heart. I'm open, Lord, to whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say, God. Lord, work your will, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead, Caleb, and sing. Come on, just feel after the Lord for a moment. God, I need to hear your voice afresh. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.